Let me start this by saying, whether you like or dislike the sequels, this isn't a video to shit on you. This is merely a video that outlines my thoughts on Luke Skywalker and why it ruined the sequels for me, especially The Last Jedi. With all of the back and forth that the subject of the sequels provides, it is such a touchy and sensitive topic to discuss without offending someone. In this video, I'd like to outline my points of why I disliked it. And I'm not saying you have to agree with me, but maybe you'll be able to at least see my point of view, just like I see yours as to why you loved it. Again, this doesn't make us enemies. In 2020, I think we should be able to have dialogue without animosity, to be able to explain our views on things without hatred, and above all, for our love of Star Wars. So that's what I'm gonna do. What if Luke never went into exile? Here's a fan fiction that I wanted to do for a while, and that's where this video started. I started to write this fan fiction, but however, as I started to write, I found myself constantly repeating the fact that it's okay to have a difference of opinion. It's okay to love the sequels or to hate them. And I found this process extremely annoying, as if I have to walk on eggshells so someone won't get offended somewhere. Frankly, it pisses me off. And in doing so, I decided to change course in this video and save the fanfiction for another time, as right now I think it's important that I make a one-off video that thoroughly explains my views of Luke Skywalker from The Last Jedi, and why I have such a problem with it. Now I've never done this, only in live streams where I on the spot would explain things without having the time and proper cadence to truly explain and express how I feel about it. My purpose here isn't to defame those who love the film. You guys are cool with me, whether you like it or hate it. It's to provide a respectful thesis which outlines my views on why I and others like me, who share my opinion, had an issue or issues with it. I do this so that hopefully it would cause less infighting among Star Wars fans, so that people can respectively see different points of view in one video here. And what I'm really hoping for is for the comments to be respectful. One of the issues that I had with The Last Jedi was that Luke wasn't the Luke we remembered from Return of the Jedi. I understand people change, but when you take a superhero character as big as Luke Skywalker, it's the equivalent to changing Superman into the Homelander from the boys TV show. Or like making Batman a frightened little child. 40 years of canon and lore regarding Luke Skywalker. Where we left him off as the hero that saved the galaxy, and most of all, saved his father from the rule of the Emperor and the tight grasp of the dark side, it was only then that Obi-Wan Kenobi spoke to Vader through the Force and taught him how to become a Force ghost, to live forever in another world. The thing about Luke that I really found inspiring as a little kid was how stuck to his convictions he was. The entire galaxy knew Vader was a bastard. They knew he was a murderer, a tyrant, planet killer, and a monster to say the least. Despite knowing all this from just the films itself, let alone Legends, where Luke learned so much more about the evil that truly was Darth Vader when he was alive and after he was dead, he was still the only person in the entire galaxy to see the good in his father, and to try to focus on that and bring it back out of him, despite everything and everyone thinking otherwise. Mark Hamill said it best, that Luke Skywalker would only go into exile for maybe a few months, and then come back out of his depression to really kick butt. I had a real, uh, you know, sort of a back and forth with Ryan. I said, Ryan, a Jedi doesn't give up. I remember you saying that, yeah, You yeah, know, yeah. a Jedi, if he does something wrong, he makes it right. You know, even if he's traumatized and goes away, he regroup within, I don't know, six months, but 20, 30 years? <laughs> Come on, that's a little bit uh, overindulgent in, in my... And he'd never leave his sister behind like that. It's just not something he would do. I still said to Ryan, I said, a Jedi would never give up. A Jedi wouldn't cut off his telepathic connection with his sister. It's just too radical. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't cut off my telepathic communications with my sister, all these things, but I kept saying, why would Luke turn off his telepathic powers with his sister? I understand many of the arguments behind it all. I'm quite educated on the side which is in favor of the Luke that we got, saying things like how people change over time and how it made him more realistic. 
how it was inspiring to some men and women who were in a rut at the time and not the hero that they used to be. I get that, believe me. That's literally just a rocky story done in Star Wars. Guy isn't good enough, whether because he needs to train physically, mentally, or become the person they used to be after a traumatic event. Eventually, they do, and it's a heroic story that you can relate to. The Rocky Saga are some of my all-time favorite movies. But what I fail to realize is, what is it realistic to? Realistic to a common fallacy where to become old is to become bitter? The issue I had with it isn't all those things that truly do make for an inspiring story. The problem was the underlying issue, and how it was executed. What caused Luke to become bitter and depressed? What caused him to say the Jedi must end? How did the most optimistic hopeful character in the galaxy turn into this hermit who says it's time for the Jedi to end. I've, I read that and I said, what? To throw his dad's lightsaber over a cliff and spend over two hours being a depressed old hermit, only to redeem himself by literally dying. Literally. If you think about it, that was the whole point of the film. Remember what Luke Skywalker did for us. He died. Let his death not be in vain. All of this was because he tried to kill his little nephew, his Padawan, in his sleep. None of the film was hopeful. Now, this really does bring me to recognize and respect the argument every sequel defender will protest. And you'll see that this is kind of the theme that I have going on as I make this video. It's that I can respect both sides of the coin. Not just mine, where I disliked it and felt it wasn't true to his character, but I can respect yours if you are a sequel lover. Because I know many fans on this channel and fans of Star Wars really love the sequels. And I think that's great. But at the end of the day... I didn't. It wasn't for me. Now, Luke coming back as a force projection at the end and inspiring the rebellion so they could go on and spread the courageous deed that they saw that day was super heroic. I detest that it wasn't. I would say it was the most docile and potentially lame thing Luke Skywalker could have done. Force projecting? Why not just be there? The X-Wing didn't work? Come on, he had the X-Wing that he raised in the ninth film, which makes no sense as to why he just didn't go with Rey anyways. But hey, that's a different video for a different time. He could have done the same while he was alive. Rey didn't have a way out of Oct 2, where Luke raised the X-Wing and she was good to go. Why didn't Luke just do that in 8? He would fly to crate and actually be there. In the Legends comics Dark Empire, which is what Episode 9 was primarily based on, Luke goes up against an AT-AT walker. Several of them. And he crushes them with his might. Why not subdue Kylo in front of the First Order like that? He could have done one of two things. He could have either put Kylo to sleep, obviously not killing him in front of everyone, that's not the Jedi way, or he could have immobilized all the ATM-6 walkers in front of them, crushed their legs with the Force, thrown his lightsaber through it, something. Imagine if he did that. That would have struck a dagger in their heart of pride and fear. The First Order would remember that day and they would cower. It would have shown the rebellion that Luke Skywalker was back. And that's all saying if they were to go along that plotline of him trying to murder Ben and Snoke dying, etc. But why have it even go that way? Why provide the most pale form of heroism after two hours of being mopey and sad? Literally retconning everything the Luke from maybe ten years prior, you know, before he tried to kill Kylo who would have still believed in hope and all that stuff that we saw in Return of the Jedi, only for him to then change and then retcon that again in 9 by saying, and I quote, I was wrong. It was fear that kept me here. So he doesn't understand that in a decade of staying on the island, but then understands it in about a year of being a Force ghost. Then after the Force projection, which is literally the only bit of hope and excitement and maybe a bit of action that you see, he dies. It was the laziest form of retribution I've ever seen. It was boring, it was unsatisfying, and overall just anticlimactic. You wait 40 years to see his true powers in the Force, as when we left him in 6, he was but the learner, 
And now he's the Grandmaster. As Mark Hamill said, he expected to have Force Lightning coming out of his ears at this point. If you're going to take the entire character and do a 180 on his personality because Sith happens, I get it. But you have to show that in the movies. You have to really expand on the story of Luke. Episode 7 should have shown a ton more of Luke Skywalker before Episode 7 to at least add to this backstory. But of course, we know that the sequels weren't really thought out properly. And if they were, well then they got a really funny way of showing it. We had 40 years of an understanding of Luke being one type of guy. Then he was this sad hermit who didn't care about anything and threw his dad's lightsaber off a cliff. It's like knowing your best friend for 40 years, then you see him the next day and they're a completely different person. I understand the writers were different and didn't communicate much with one another, as so the rumors go. As I even heard episode 8 script was finished by the time episode 7 was in theaters. And if I'm wrong on that, well, it doesn't change the fact that the films felt super disjointed from one another, as 9 felt like it spent most of its time retconning tons from 8. I mean, Rey throwing the lightsaber into the fire, almost over the cliff, like Luke did? And then Luke reaching out to grab it and say a Jedi's weapon deserves more respect? Luke literally was suffering from having a personality disorder in these films. One moment he's all for this, the next he's singing a completely different tune. Even the things that I said, like, well, wait a second, you know, I'm going to burn down the library. Don't try and stop me. You know, and then Yoda raises a finger, does it for me, and I go, but that's just sacred Jedi text! Hey, make up your mind. That's Luke. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said, oh, okay, not only is he a broken man, he's certifiably insane. Then them explaining the one in a million chance that the Holdo maneuver would work, with Luke then literally denying everything that he said in the last film, and going on to lift the X-Wing and provide hope to a hopeless Rey, who seemed to have switched roles with him for maybe seven minutes or so of the film. Now look, if Rey needs seven minutes to change from being hopeful to losing hope to being hopeful again, Luke would need half that time if he were to ever even kill his nephew in his sleep, which I still don't think he ever would do that. He would talk to him. You know how many times Luke talked to Vader to try to get him to turn back to the light, say, Father, I sense the good in you, reminding him of who Anakin Skywalker was. Rey's reason for giving up was that she believed her thoughts that she'd become evil. Luke gave up because he believed his thoughts that Ben would become evil, and to stop that from happening, he needed to kill him in his sleep. Whereas younger Luke, who was amidst the prevalent evil of his father's rule and tyranny for decades, knowing he was evil, it wasn't just a thought or fear like he had with Ben, it was plain evidence still didn't say that he needed to kill him to rid the galaxy of this evil. He, mid-anger, after quote-unquote defeating his father, who was merely toying with him, I believe, and just kind of trying to get him to turn to the dark side, remembered who he was as a Jedi, threw his weapon aside in the face of the Emperor, and declared death if his father wouldn't turn, sacrificing himself and all of his friends and the galaxy. Once he became a ghost in the ninth film, saying he was wrong to run away and that he should have faced his fears, really messed with many people's heads, because you could see two different writers who have two very different ideas of who this character is, having a contest to see who gets to leave their mark on the table. Literally, their mark, Hamill. This is why apparently Mark Hamill had so many conversations with Ryan Johnson, saying that he fundamentally disagrees with everything that he's done with his character. And I told Ryan this, it's no surprise, I said, I just fundamentally disagree with your concept of this character and how you use him. I got into trouble because I, I, made, I, quoted, I, I was quoted as saying to Ryan that I fundamentally disagree with everything you decided about Luke. And then he goes on to sadly say that it's not really his character. He's just renting it and it belongs to other people. 
Now compare these two Lukes, the Luke in The Last Jedi to the Luke Skywalker in the final act of George Lucas's Star Wars saga, where even through his relationship with Darth Vader, his father, knowing all the horrendous things Vader had done in his life, he still was persistent to see the good in him, and was beyond adamant that he could bring that sliver of light out of him and let it shine through the darkness, finding a flaw and possibility that his nephew might turn to the dark side because of Snoke's brainwashing, and then taking that thought that he manifested of Ben turning into Vader and running with it was the very thing that pushed Ben to become Kylo indefinitely. I mean, if it was on the table before, like maybe he's going to turn, it was definitely happening after he opened his eyes, seeing that green lightsaber about to slice him in half, he would 100% never trust his uncle again. I mean, would you? No. The tale is no different than how Sidious killed Plagueis, and it's quite ironic, and I'm not trying to be punny or anything like that. Plagueis was afraid of losing his power. Luke was afraid of losing his comfort in the galaxy, I guess. Luke was afraid of losing his Padawans. Luke was afraid of everything that might become if Kylo would turn. We could even sum it down to Luke being afraid that the order that he had created and instilled in the galaxy would change, which isn't so far off from what Plagueis wanted. They just had two different ideologies, but the purpose was somewhat the same. Plagueis was afraid of losing his power. Palpatine killed him in his sleep. The whole thing for me was so off-putting and frankly, just kind of insulting to how I looked up to Luke as a kid, if this is the man that he turns into. Let me break it down even further. And if you're still with me here in the video, I really, really commend you. Thank you so much for being interested to see my point of view on things. And I'd love for you to explain your comments down below as to why you love the film. Maybe it'll even you know, change my opinion somehow. Probably not, but I'm just putting it out there that I do respect your opinions and I'm open to them. So look, everyone likes to relate to their heroes, to be like them, to one day become them in some essence or, you know, faction. To have Luke turn into this from who he was was really crushing. This for me is why Mark Hamill said that he pretended he was playing someone else, that it wasn't his Luke Skywalker, that it was Jake Skywalker. For me, it was too. I almost had to think of Luke as another character. Uh, maybe he's Jake Skywalker. He's not my Luke Skywalker. This is why I can't see The Last Jedi as canon in my mind, because it was written by someone who didn't do their Star Wars homework. Uh, Last Jedi just, to me, felt like a movie made by a guy who hadn't quite done his homework. I think Ryan Johnson's a talented guy, but um, Bruce Lee didn't develop Jeet Kune Do without learning Kung Fu first. You know, you can't reinvent Star Wars without knowing Star Wars first, is, is my thing. Didn't, for me, didn't make a compelling argument why Luke wouldn't go and help his sister. The purpose here was something Ryan said many moons ago in an old interview where he told the interviewer that he wanted to create a film that diverged the audience, that split it in the middle, with one half loving it and the other half thinking it was the worst thing they've ever seen. Um, I would be worried if everybody across the board was like, yeah, that was a good movie. It's much more exciting to me when you get, you know, um, a group of people who are like coming up to you and, and really, really excited about it. And then there are other people who walk out just, I mean, literally saying it was the worst movie I've ever seen. Having those two extremes to me is, you know, is the mark of uh, the type of movie that I want to make. So. These are things I've explained before, but they're important for you, who loves the sequels, to understand how this self-proclaimed mission statement is so destructive when touching a legacy character as big as Luke Skywalker. This has nothing to do with RJ as a human being, or even as a writer as he's made his mark in Hollywood, but it has to do with touching an artifact of a character and thinking of THE story that is to be continued from George Lucas, rather than making HIS story as he interprets it. Star Wars isn't what the writer or director interprets as what would happen. It's not your typical film or story in that sense. 
It's not what you think these characters should do. It's what these characters would do in that situation. And to know that, to be able to really truly know that, you have to know Star Wars. And you have to do your Star Wars homework. It is so much more fragile than just writing things in and having the actors play them out. It's the continuation of a legacy created by one man with an overall vision for it. We're just about to wrap up the video and this might actually help you understand a little bit, if nothing else has helped. Did you ever play that game as a kid where you draw a line, then your friend continues it, and then you draw another one, then they draw another one, and in the end you get some weird looking picture as you try to take turns to complete whatever it is you started? No matter what you do, it's always going to look kind of funky and weird. That's because each person has different ideas for what that image is, what that picture is, what it's going to turn into. That's how I see the sequels. They need to do their research on who started this sixth saga of pictures or paintings, if we're going to compare it to that. And they needed to continue that, not create their own thing or their interpretation of it. It requires extreme care and attention. And that's something I felt was not applied when writing the character of Luke in this film. It may have been in the mind of the writer and director, but at the end of the day, it wasn't. And that's why so much of a divergence was created. Or as Qui-Gon would say, a virgins in the Force. Now to be extra real here, I felt that respect wasn't given to even the new line, if we're going to play that little game here, that JJ created with Episode 7. So if Ryan and JJ were going to start off on this little game, JJ created a certain path and line, and Ryan just went a completely different direction, instead of continuing that story. When so many walks of life look up to a hero like Luke, who gives them hope and courage in their own day-to-day -day lives, as he did for me growing up, to always face my fears, to always be optimistic and see the good in almost everyone, not when it was too late and then kind of just croak. It was world-shattering to have a character I would look up to see turn into the exact opposite of who they were. Of who they spent all of that time in the originals to change into, only to later change into kind of how they started off, this whiny, pessimistic person. When our own hope is lost in this life, we need to look up to someone we admire, who would be strong in our situation. That's why so many people identify with so many different kinds of heroic figures. I always believed, even when I was a kid, that comic books and movies were the modern era of mythology. It's literally no different. We need to be very careful with where these mythological beings go. Could you imagine if someone were to defame the Norse gods, or the Egyptian gods, or any god for that matter? We need to look up to someone who we admire, who would be strong in our situation. Not to see someone who would be devoid of hope. George Lucas told Dave Filoni this as he left Lucasfilm. He told him to make sure to make these stories hopeful, that it's extremely important for children, that they need that. And Star Wars is an adventure that makes you feel good, you know. It makes, makes me feel like, wow, I, I want to be a part of that. So that's what, that's what I always go back to with Star Wars, is this selfless act and this family dynamic, which is so important to George, so important to the foundation of Star Wars. That's in us. And what I like about it is it's, it is really saying there is a lot of hope out there, that we fundamentally want to be good people, that we can all be driven to do terrible things, but that we can persevere uh, through selfless action. So... George has this hopeful story, and it's something that he's reiterated most times I've seen him, uh, you know, after we've been making things uh, without him, is remember to make these stories hopeful. Mm. Remember to give that to kids, because they really need it. And so that's, that's just something to keep in mind. For me, Luke Skywalker is the most hopeful man, and we saw that in Return of the Jedi. He was so sure of his path and so full of hope for change that he was willing to die and to sacrifice the life of his friends and the galaxy 
in the name of it. So, whether you love or hate the sequels, I hope you can at least come to respect my point of view as someone born in the 90s who grew up with not just the prequels, but really the originals first. Luke got me through a lot in life. His mere energy and positivity kept me going in many scenarios where I felt my own persona could not take me. An anchor with values where I trained my brain to emulate these, to understand, because I wanted that. No, I needed that to give me hope. Thanks for taking the time to watch this video. I hope it maybe allowed you to understand my perspective on things. Have an awesome rest of your day. I'll see you in the next video, and may the Force be with you, always.